Welcome back to the 10 Blocks Podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. Joining me on today's show is Danny Crichton, the managing editor of TechCrunch. Danny's been a foreign correspondent and Fulbright scholar in Seoul, as well as a venture capitalist in Boston and Palo Alto. These days, he's living in Brooklyn, covering technology, power, and startups for TechCrunch. His recent article in City Journal's New York City Reborn issue, Keep New York Tech Strong, notes that New York City is perhaps the world's most technologically driven urban economy, and he charts a strategy for the city's would-be leaders to keep it that way. Danny, thanks very much for joining us. Brian, thanks you so much for hosting. New York, as you note in this essay, is the hub of a number of major industries, finance, healthcare, media, the arts. But you write that technology is in many ways the foundation for the city's supremacy in these areas. And of course, as you also note in this essay, technology and the tech industry was one of the few uh, to really come through the pandemic in pretty decent shape in the city. And it was a benefit to the city during this, this awful period. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on just what the tech economy looks like in New York and uh, how it does um, kind of provide the foundation for these other major industrial uh, sectors of the, the city's economy. People don't always think of New York City as a tech hub, but it really has become one. I, I think that's absolutely right, Brian. I mean, when you think of New York City, you think of, I, I think of tourism, right? You think of Broadway, you think of the museums, you think of the arts and the culture and the restaurants. But the reality is the foundation of New York's economy today, New York City's economy, is the technology industry. And that comes in a couple of different flavors. I mean, there's obviously tech as in uh, Google, Facebook, and the big technology companies we, we all know and heard about. Um, it also comes in the flavor of startups, um, prominent startups like Peloton um, and others who have really driven New York City as a, a startup hub. Um, but then technology is also the key to to finance. Um, hedge funds, quantitative trading funds, um, Goldman Sachs itself, you know, are built on engineered uh, through software and hardware products uh, to build out their resources. And then in media, um, advertising networks today are no longer people buying and trading uh, ad space using a phone. Um, it's all programmatic online. So no matter what kind of major vertical we're talking about in New York City, technology is oftentimes the foundation for the success of those verticals. Now, we, we have, of course, a big uh, mayoral race coming up. Or it's, it's underway, a big election coming up. Uh, you argue that the city's next mayor should really target uh, a way to retain major tech companies in the city and to attract new ones. Um, in your view, what, you know, what kind of mayoral agenda uh, should be pursued to accomplish that end? What is it that the tech economy is looking for? Uh, what would draw people here and keep the companies that are here uh, in the city? I think what makes New York unique is, you know, it doesn't have a lot of prominent technology companies, right? When you, when we think of Google, um, Facebook, um, Microsoft, I mean, they're all on the West Coast, um, you know, San Francisco, Palo Alto, Mountain View, Seattle, in the case of Microsoft. And so New York is in this weird space where um, it is a huge market and ecosystem. There are hundreds of thousands of software engineers and folks in the tech industry locally. Um, but in many cases, they're in satellite offices. Um, you know, Google has more than 10,000 employees in New York City. Facebook is growing very rapidly. Amazon notoriously tried to expand quite rapidly in, in New York City and, and failed due to some politics at Albany and, and in city council. Um, but, you know, New York is always a choice for a lot of these companies. And so, you know, first and foremost, quality of life. 
remains absolutely critical. You know, uh, the tech industry, unlike many of the others we talked about, healthcare or arts and cultures or restaurants or Broadway, um, really can work from everywhere, as we've seen in the COVID-19 pandemic. And so uh, whether you're a software engineer, whether you work in sales or marketing or any of the other roles that, you know, startups and tech companies offer, um, you literally can do them almost anywhere. So we've seen a huge surge of folks leaving the city, going to places like Miami, the Midwest, um, Colorado, Texas, overseas. And so I think for the next mayor uh, coming in just a couple of months, uh, they're really going to have to make the city attractive to these folks to come back to the city, people who may have made their lives five, 10 years and decided to ride out the pandemic somewhere else. You know, that's step one. Two, I, I think, you know, we've seen this in the last eight years in the de Blasio administration. There's just been very cold ice between the business world and the political world. Um, it's not the Bloomberg administration for sure. And so I think for the next mayor, um, reaching out, rebuilding and rekindling those partnerships is going to be critical because ultimately, again, a, a lot of the tech industry is not headquartered in New York. So a lot of the CEOs are not in New York. Uh, a lot of the senior execs are not necessarily located in New York. And that means that we're in competition with folks like Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, who is outreaching to these folks all the time, is doing everything he can to bring jobs and, and, and the high incomes that the tech industry offers to Miami. And so I think the next mayor absolutely needs to double down and realize that Yes, New York City, in, at least in my view, is one of the greatest cities in the world, but that isn't enough necessarily to draw the best talent here anymore. But what, you know, from a more specific policy standpoint, is, uh, is the tech industry looking for in the city? Is it, a, is it a friendly tax environment? Is it keeping the city's streets safe? Is it uh, more uh, housing options? And what, you know, what is it uh, more concretely uh, that they're looking for? I, it, I think it's actually all of the above. I mean, uh, first of all, a quality of life is huge. Um, because of the mobility of the tech workforce, people can live anywhere. And so um, for the young folks, they obviously want a lot of entertainment options, better nightlife, which has been a concern in New York City for quite some time. But then, you know, as those uh, early workers mature and become more experienced executives, um, you get into quality of life issues around education, um, housing uh, prices, uh, not only in New York City proper, but in the metro area, um, access to um, uh, amenities, um, for families, um, whether it's better parks or, or better transportation options. And so, you know, in many ways, the, the interests of the tech industry align quite closely with those broadly within the public. Beyond that, I think uh, there's twofold. One is um, the city really needs to double down on startups. You know, it, it, there's a lot of venture capital money here, um, but you just don't see the connections between different industries, um, different um, startup accelerators and foundations all coming together in a way that I think New York could really do. And I, I think the next mayor could absolutely do more to connect the dots between, you know, think of an area like biotech. We have some of the best hospitals. We actually have some of the best pharmaceutical companies, either in New York City proper or in New Jersey. We actually have a lot of biotech engineers here. They actually don't collaborate all that much, uh, believe it or not. And I, I think there's a huge opportunity to play kind of a, a bridging role between a lot of these different communities locally. And then the second is obviously, I, I do think taxes is important. Um, you know, we, we saw in the last week uh, that the, uh, the the state capital has voted to increase taxes on the, the wealthiest taxpayers. And, and the irony, of course, is that the, the wealthiest taxpayers oftentimes are either in finance or technology in highly flexible workplaces where they can live anywhere. They can pay taxes in any state they want. And so I think, you know, for the next mayor uh, and later on the next governor, you have to double down and ask, how do we make New York City affordable uh, while still offering that quality of life uh, that people enjoy? I don't know how closely you're following the mayoral uh, competition, but are there any candidates in your view who seem, uh, you know, better on, on 
the, the, these uh, fronts than others? Now, is there, is there, and and how is the tech industry in the city looking at the Merrill race? Do they have a, a favorite in it? I don't think there's been much of a favorite, right? So, I mean, one of the interesting things is I think there's what two dozen candidates now for for mayor, and um, you'd be hard pressed to find any of them who talk about the technology industry at all. Uh, which is exceptional when you think about the the growth, uh, the economic dynamism here, how many jobs are coming into the market on, on this front. Um, there just hasn't been a lot of outreach. Now, that said, um, I do think two candidates obviously would be, you know, top of mind for a lot of folks in the tech industry. The first is, is obviously Andrew Yang, um, who's sort of built his whole bread and butter around universal basic income um, of driving you know, more dollars and, and a simpler sort of social welfare policy um, and who's used social media very, very effectively. And and he's well known in Silicon Valley. He's oftentimes fundraised very heavily uh, in the Valley kind of political fundraising circles. And so he's sort of very top of mind, I think, for a lot of the tech folks um, among the more, I would call them uh, traditional candidates, obviously Ray McGuire, uh, the former vice chairman at Citigroup. Um, you know, in his position, he had to sort of run through a lot of the challenges of technology change at Citigroup. You know, no place in the world has had more dynamism and change from technology than the finance industry, going from, you know, literally decades ago paper, but in more recent times, going from a world of, of having basic data to algorithmic trading, um, ever more faster trading options, um, having to deal with risk and compliance in the, in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. And so I think for him, he would be you know, both not only the the business leader who a lot of folks would would love to see in in office, but also someone who really understands the tech perspective and how important it is to the success of the city. Um, last summer, you wrote another well, very interesting essay for the print magazine of City Journal called "Venture Capital's Red Flags." This wasn't about New York so much. Uh, you you noted there the you know the the influence the growing influence of Chinese investment in American startups in the context of what is an intensifying global competition for tech supremacy between the U.S. and China. Uh, I wonder if the seemingly you know, local consideration of New York's tech sector is geopolitically relevant in this sense. Is there, is there overlap between those two stories you've written? And will tech companies you know, seek greener pastures if they do continue to face an unfriendly environment, not just in New York, but American cities broadly. I, I think the dynamism of the American tech industry is critical to geopolitics. I mean, ironically, it's one of those things where, you know, having good technology, really strong companies globally is the key to American foreign policy in many ways. And and what, what's beautiful is there's actually quite an alignment. Um, there are small issues in which that can conflict, but in general, a strong business environment with companies building you know, U.S. products with U.S. jobs um, is going to put the U.S. in the best position to negotiate in any context. And so you know, there isn't as much competition. What I would say is um, what, what gets most interesting, I think, is around finance. Um, I, I think if you look at the next 10 years, um, fintech is going to be one of the greatest and within fintech, um, crypto and, and blockchain also fits into that context. But but finance is really going to be one of the great arenas of great power competition in the tech industry over the next 10 years. Um, you're seeing this both on, on the banking side where um, there's a lot of change underway just in the last year or two with Brexit leaving um, London and Amsterdam and Frankfurt are all competing to kind of win over European trade volumes. Um, in Asia, you see uh, a divide now that Hong Kong has been closed off essentially to a lot of foreign investors, or at least a lot of foreign investors are fretting about investing their money in Hong Kong. And so there's just a lot of dynamic change. Um, and New York, obviously, being a, both a financial hub and a tech hub, 
is at the center and confluence of those two um, uh, trends. So to me, you know, in competing with China, um, obviously a lot of the headlines focus on semiconductors. Um, today, as we're recording, um, there's a summit at the White House, which Bloomberg sort of described as a grousing summit to complain about, you know, the lack of chips, which is obviously the top of mind issue in U.S.-China relations. But to me, the one to pay attention to is, is actually finance. Um, you know, the Chinese government post the publication of that article has actually massively clamped down on, on fintech in just the last two or three months. Uh, I believe today, uh, o- over the weekend, um, China announced that they were going to fine Alibaba, one of the largest tech companies in China, $2.8 billion for antitrust concerns. And just this morning, they announced that Ant Group, one of the most successful and prominent fintech companies in China, um, is actually going to come under state control. Uh, it's going to be regulated directly by the state. Um, and it, it's going to be sort of a I don't even know how to kind of describe it because there's no good language, I think, in, in the U.S. context, but it'd sort of be like a, a regulated state enterprise public-private partnership. Uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of words you kind of have to use there. So, you know, to me, this is the frontier. You know, it, does the U.S. dollar remain the reserve currency? Does the Fed maintain kind of its power over the economy? Does blockchain and China's use of a digital currency compete ultimately with the strength of New York's financial ecosystem? That's what I would be paying attention to in the next couple of years. And speaking of that uh, financial ecosystem in New York, and what is what is your view of the you know the the near term future of Wall Street? Do you see uh, do you see further disintermediation of the industry? Uh, you know, with with companies, we've had several pro- prominent uh, financial firms in the city leave New York, um, or at least set up uh, you know major offices in other American locales. Uh, what you know. The, People have assumed that Wall Street is kind of invulnerable, um, that it's always going to be there. But but you can imagine a future in which uh, it's it's much diminished in the city, right? I I think it's really at a crossroads. I I think you know there's some skepticism about the future because you know look the the finance industry has survived centuries of crises and and depressions and war uh, pestilence whatever the case may be in, in New York City's history so rightfully so i think a lot of folks think of it as invulnerable it survived 3 400 years of, of history nonetheless uh, the number of threats against wall street today from so many different fronts I think is unprecedented. So, you know, if you had to list them off, you know, fintech companies mostly based out of San Francisco, companies like Stripe, uh, Plaid, Coinbase are increasingly taking, you know, trading volumes and payments volumes and banking away from Wall Street over into the technology world in Silicon Valley. On top of that, you have a bunch of issues around wealth management as people move their money out of New York City um, to more tax-friendly um, jurisdictions. Um, you have the kind of global change going on, uh, as I just mentioned, around London and Brexit and Hong Kong, where uh, cities like Seoul, uh, cities like Amsterdam are suddenly showing up on sort of the, the the radar screen in a way that they haven't before. And then there's the business of banking itself, which is increasingly changing from a, a relationship-driven business to a technology you know, trading business. And so you know, the classic kind of investment banker is really under threat. I mean, uh, one of my close friends who, who's a, been an investment banker six to eight years, um, she spends a lot of her time learning how to code uh, in her career because that's the future for a lot of these banks. And so to me, uh, the, the key for New York City is to realize that it shouldn't take it for granted, that the, there could be huge changes. And, and as you know, Brian, um, finance powers much of the budget for for government in New York, uh, both at the city and state levels. Um, it's it's by far, in terms of industries, one of the largest taxpayers in the state. Um, it, it, it really subsidizes most of the services we take for granted. And so we shouldn't think of it as invulnerable. We really need to protect it, and it needs to stay local if we're going to be successful long term. 
Thanks very much, Danny. Don't forget to check out Danny Crichton's work on the City Journal website. It's www.city-journal.org. We'll link to his author page in the description. You can also find City Journal on Twitter, at City Journal, and on Instagram, at City Journal underscore MI. Uh, and as always, you know, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please give us a ratings on iTunes and check out uh, Danny Crichton's work as well on the great website uh, TechCrunch. Dan, uh, as always, thanks very much uh, for the, the uh, intelligent comments. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.